Blog Talk Radio. Embrace Today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host pre Curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. morning and welcome to another episode of Embrace Today. I am your host, Epri Perry, and this morning I have a co-host with me. I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm Montreal Perry Sr., the husband of Epri Perry. And this morning we are going to begin a, um, I don't want to say a series, but we are going to be doing um, multiple shows in the next few months talking about marriage and relationships um, This morning's topic, we are going to talk about They Said We Wouldn't Make It, and that's actually the title of the book that we have coming out this year. And this book is what it's talking about, is it's taking us or taking the readers through the process that Montrell and I have been through over the years. Um, We've been involved with each other off and on for 21 years. Uh, I was 14, and we've been married for nine years. It'll be 10 years this February but we've been in a relationship with God for seven years, and that makes a bunch, a big difference when you are trying to be in relationship with somebody um, if you have that relationship with God. But we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I wanted to throw those numbers out to you because uh, when you think of 21 years and you think of people being involved with each other, you wonder, you must be curious how it, how they stayed together over that 21 years. But like I said, it was off and on. There was a lot of bad that went with those years, and that was because we weren't doing things the right way. And so what the book is is telling um, a story of how we started off, the things that we went through, the things that we encountered, what caused us to change, why we changed, and what the outcome is as a changed married couple. And then even as a married couple, you know, there's still challenges um, in marriage and what married people have to go through. And so it gives some tools on what married couples need to do to be able to stand strong and sustain their marriage and move forward in the union that God has called them to be in. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to just give some brief um, details over They Said We Wouldn't Make It. Uh, I like the title of the book because a lot of times when we go through things in our lives, um, people look down on us or they, they always define us by what we have been through. But we have been a testimony and a testament to what God can do in a marriage and what he can do not just in a marriage but through two people that decide to give their lives to them. And so the book is called They Said We Wouldn't Make It because there's always someone that's saying something about us, but with God all things are possible. 
And we are standing on Luke chapter 1, verse 37 that says, nothing is impossible with God. And so when you submit your life to God, when you submit your relationship to God, when you submit your marriage to God, nothing is impossible with him. They may say that you all may not make it, but I am telling you that nothing is impossible with God. And so stand on that word and stand firm, and that's what the book is about. The book is taking you through the process of our mess-ups, the ways that we've done it all wrong, the consequences of doing it wrong, but then it encourages you. It encourages you that you are not alone. You do not have to stay stuck there. There is a way for you to get out, and there is a way for you to transform your life, your relationship, and your marriage if you allow the Holy Spirit to take you through the process. And so this morning, we're just going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about some of the struggles that we've been through over the past years. We're going to talk about how we overcame some of those struggles, and then we're going to encourage you, you know, encourage you in your relationship and what you can do to move forward. You know, you can't change anyone but yourself. And so it's not, we're not, I'm not, in my portion of the book, now we've both written portions of the book. So I have a chapter one, he has a chapter one. It's chapter one from my perspective and chapter one from his perspective. His perspective is his and my perspective is mine. I can't change him, he can't change me. We are two different people. God created us differently, but he joined us together. And so we have issues and we had issues together, but I want you to understand that this book is not trying to get you to change your spouse whether it be your husband, wives, you can't change your husband, and husband, you cannot change your wife. You can only change yourself. You can only do through, you can only allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does through you. You cannot change your spouse. And so we're going to start off with talking about um, some of our struggles. Montreal, what do you think some of our greatest struggles were? Well, I know coming from a single-parent home, I never really fully understood what it what it meant to be what a husband or a boyfriend should have been. So as we were going throughout our relationship, some of the things that I struggled with personally was just knowing exactly how to do things. And as we all know, when we grow up, we tend to mimic whatever it is that we may have saw growing up. So I saw different things growing up that I used in our relationship, one of them being um, put my hands where they shouldn't have been. And that caused uh, a lot of struggle between us. I also saw a lot of controlling going on um, for the wrong reasons and manipulation. And I believe that that was part of the reason why I I tried to be so controlling in a negative way that didn't make our relationship better, per se. Um, one of the other things that I struggle with is, like I said, not not knowing what a husband and a wife was supposed to look like, even, even early on when we um, first got married. So one of the things that I really didn't know how to do was to be a husband. And to tell you the truth, I really didn't know how to be a man. Yeah, I, I, I had children, and I was a, a boyfriend, a, a husband, but at the same time, it wasn't until years later where I fully understood exactly what it meant to to be that role that I was in. That's good. And I think um, to go along with that in your childhood, I think, um, and just to piggyback on some of the stuff that you said, 
Like, I think our childhood and what we saw and what we saw, and not just our childhood, like, at home, but even some, some of the things that we watched on TV or, you know, just engaging with conversation with other people. I've always hung around older people. Like, that's just always been my thing. Everyone that I hung around from, I had a few high school friends, but for the most part, um, the people that I hung around were older than me. So even seeing them in their relationships and then from um, our relationships from being at home, I remember my biological father and my mother, they always were in domestic disputes. So the first time that we had a domestic dispute, I thought that it was regular. I thought that's what people did when they were married or boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever because that's what I saw when my parents were married as I was growing up. And then I really didn't understand and then still dealing with the struggles that we had. I really didn't know what to look for in a man. I didn't know what to look for in a boyfriend. I really didn't know who I was as a person. I didn't know how to identify with me. I was always like that person in the background. And so for me, some of the greatest struggles was trying to identify who I really was and not being identified with Montreal. It was to a point to where I was like, I really couldn't do anything without him. It always had to be me and him. Or if I went somewhere, I had to make sure he was going too. And it wasn't because he was saying that I had to go. It was because I felt I was being identified as being with him. And so I always wanted to be up under him. And it was it was just a, a struggle with time it wasn't a struggle, though, because I didn't realize it was an issue. But it was always that thing of if Montreal goes, then I can go. Um, And this was years. Like, I had issues with being separated from him. Like, if I wanted to go somewhere or if he went somewhere, you know, it was kind of like, when you coming home? Because I wasn't able to identify with myself. I didn't have my own identity. I was identified through him. And then to continue on with that, when he said that he didn't know what a husband was, I definitely didn't know what a wife was. I can remember one of the ladies in our church, I was going off about him, something he did one day, and I was just going off. And she told me to read Proverbs 31. She said, you know, I'm not married or anything, but Proverbs 31 might help. And so I read Proverbs oh, no, this is not me. And I also, I had I wanted to be in control of everything. Like, I wanted to control everything that was going on. And so I asked my mentor at the time, like, does this still count? You know, if I didn't notice when we got married, does this still count? Because I didn't want to do any of that. I did not want to be a biblical wife. I did not want to do I didn't want to do anything besides what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in control of my girl. I wanted to be in control of our family. I wanted to be in control of me. And so I didn't know how to be a wife, and let alone a girlfriend. I thought the girlfriend was just somebody that you got together and did it with, and we was having kids. That's what I – and, y'all, we stayed together, and so I thought that was it. We didn't need did anything what else. We, go ahead. I said did what with? Did it. Had sex. And so so, I really didn't know what it meant, you know, and and learning how to become a wife and still to this day I'm still in that process of learning how to become a wife and, you know, staying staying in my lane and knowing my role and fulfilling my role and not trying to control 
what Montreal does. I still got an issue with that. But God is working with me and showing me. I have a whole journal that's just about nothing but wife, marriage, husband, because I want to get it right. You know, I want our marriage to be the marriage that God set out to be in the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. And if we don't know our roles, we can't function or fulfill a role that we don't know about. And so it wasn't that he didn't know he not he didn't know what he was supposed to do, but neither did I. And so you have two people that's together that number one don't even know who they are, and number two they're trying to function and fulfill a role that they don't even know the duties of. And so we looked to we looked the part we looked the part to everyone else, and we felt like we were doing the part, but we weren't. And so those were the greatest some of the greatest struggles, and there was many more. It's been twenty one years. We have so much and when you get when the book comes out you'll be able to read the book and and see some of the things that we went through and some of the things that we had to conquer it was not easy and in that 21 years in that 21 years almost all of them almost all of them I want to say 12 of those years it was just pure hell pure hell pure hell and and continuing on when we got married there was still hell there was still hell, but it, it seemed like once we got into the relationship with God and allowed him to do what he does, then we were able to allow that transformation to take place. But we have been through so much, and I, I had to stress in the book that the book is in no way, shape, or form. I'm not proving who you are in a relationship now, or we're not approving who you're in a relationship with now, saying that this is the person you're supposed to marry. This is not that type of book. Um, this is not the type of book that is condemning you because we are encouraging you to get it right. We are putting our lives out there to the world to show you what we've been through and to explain to you that God can also transform your life. And so I just want to say that this book is something, this is a tool that you can take with you and that you can keep, and it will always encourage you with, regardless of what level you are on, if you're in a relationship, if you are already married, if you're thinking about getting married, um, if any of those things, the book is for you. It's just not for married people. This book is for anyone that feels like they want to get married, anyone that just wants to know, you know, what the process is. This is this book is for you. And anyone that even went through anything that somebody said that you couldn't make it in, this book is for you. And so I just want to encourage you all that God can do anything that we allow him to do. And we all have struggles. And your struggles may not be my struggles, and my struggles may not be your struggles, but we all have struggles, and God can do it all if we allow him to do it. So, Montreal, do you have anything else on the struggle? Um, one of the other things that that really, really hindered me from um, not only doing what, what it is that I was supposed to do, but just knowing is the fact that, like I said, I grew up with my, with my grandmother raising me, so there was only one there was only one man that was consistently there, and at the age of maybe seven or eight, he passed away. So after that, I mean, I did have my father around, but he was in and out so much that he he wasn't really constantly there, and we only really looked at him as an uh, authority figure in our lives because it seemed like he only came around when we got in trouble. And it it was just kind of hard not having a a man to kind of show you the the different things that men are supposed to do as as they grow older or whatever the case may be. So I think that that, that's another thing. And 
you know, that's one thing that, that touches my heart today is the fact that I know that that's part of the reason why some of our young men that are growing up aren't able to fulfill the the leadership skills that they have within them because they don't have a man to teach them the things that they are to do and the things that they aren't to do. And then I think that we as a society, we, we look down on them because they're not doing whatever it is that we may be doing or they're not living their lives the way that we we may have lived our lives when we were their age. But they're also not realizing that those men are, are hurting, those young men are hurting. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't able to be a solution to the problem, then we have no room to talk because why talk about something but not try to come up with a solution? And yeah, we're not going to be able to change someone, but we know that our youth are our future. And I was listening to something the other day where a young girl, she probably was maybe 10 or 11, she said, you all always talk about we're the future and you're not showing us how we're supposed to behave. So mm-hmm. when, when you're acting acting out with fighting each other and killing each other and all that other nonsense, then how are we supposed to have an example? How are you going to set the example if you're constantly doing this? And it's just, it's just like a revolving door. It just keeps happening over and over again. And until us as men who kind of know the outcome of doing some of the things that you may do when you're growing up and, and going in and out of relationships, now that we've bumped our head a few times and we know better, then that's when we should be reaching back to try to help those who are in some of those same troubles that we may have been in when we were growing up. So I think that's a that's another um, thing that, that kind of I struggle with growing up is just the fact of not ha- having that male role model or that, that male figure in my life consistently to help me along the way. Okay, so leading, ending on the struggles and going to the overcoming struggles, I kind of want to stay on this topic that you're on right now. How did you get to a place to where you were able, that you had that man figure in your life, or did you ever get a man figure in your life that was able to teach you how to be a man? And, and we know that um, God does everything, but God provides us with people that will help mentor and equip us, you know, and instill different things in us, inspire us. Was there someone that helped you with um, overcoming that struggle, and how did that work? There wasn't a a consistent man in my life up until probably two years after we got married. So, even even still growing up, I mean, like I said, I, I had my father there, and there was little tidbits that he would give me in regards to being a man. But, I mean, just like with anything else, if you're not consistent with it, then it's most likely not going to change. So it wasn't until I got that consistent man in my life to give me correction, to show me um, where I'm right and wrong, and to show me how to do things the proper way that I was able to fully understand what it meant to be a leader of my household, what it meant to be a husband, what it meant to be a father. So once I was able to overcome that, then I was able to get a better understanding of what my role is. Now, I still do kind of struggle with that for the simple fact that I don't always 
get things right. And sometimes I get discouraged whenever I'm doing something and I don't I'm not able to get it right. But then I have to realize that just because I, I slip and fall, I can't stay down. I have to get back up and try something else. And that's one of the, the, the things that that I enjoy to do now because I know that I'm not always going to be right. I know that I'm not always going to get right. But as long as I have you to continue to work with me and be patient with me like you have been, then I know that I'll be able to move forward and do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. And just also piggybacking off of that, um, this last thing that Montreal just said about um, having me to help encourage him and things like that. As a wife, um, we know that we we sometimes want our or think that our husbands are supposed to be these perfect men, that they're supposed to be perfect people, but they're not. They're human. And, yes, they are the head of the household, but because your husband messes up, does that, it does not diminish the role that the Lord has placed them in. It's also um, a testament to us as wives, as we are supposed to continually pray for our husbands. We are supposed to pray for them constantly because we don't know everything that they They don't discuss everything with us because, Number one, we sometimes nag too much. Number two, we don't listen. And number three, we're always trying to fix something when sometimes they just want us to listen. They just want us to be that ear. They just want to be able to come to us as their wives, their friends, and just discuss with us, you know, what they are struggling with. We cannot fix everything for our husbands, and they don't want us to try to fix everything. So sometimes they do withhold stuff, and I struggle with this. I'm not saying that I got it. Um, I don't have it all together, this area, because sometimes I'm always trying to find a solution. But I took this course, and so the course, uh, it told me when your husband is talking to you, make sure you keep eye contact with him. Stop doing whatever it is you're doing and just listen to him so that he'll know that you're paying attention to what he is saying. And then don't interrupt him. Let him say everything that he has to say. Don't try to be a fixer. And so that's what I've been trying to practice doing. I've been trying to practice praying for my husband constantly. Because if you can imagine being the head of a household and you have all of this weight on your shoulders, even though they have you there to help, a man feels like they have everything on them because they are the leader, they are the head. And so it is the wise fault to be that help me, to be that person that helps carry that stuff for for your husband. And so sometimes you just have to continually pray for your husband. You have to pray for him all the time. And sometimes you need to pray for him more than less. But we have to make sure that as wives that we are not just nagging and that we aren't fault-finding with our husbands. We have to stop pinpointing every wrong thing that they do and we have to play our role. If you are a wife, if you work if outside the home, if you are in ministry, if you have kids, those things do not come before your husband. It is God and then your husband. You are to be the spouse that God has called for you to be. And sometimes us as wives, we mess the roles up because we are too busy placing everything else in front of the role that we have as a wife. And when you become a wife and when you decide to take that on, when you become that helpmeet to your spouse, you have to fulfill it. It's not just something that you are just sitting there doing, but you have to put in the work. When God created, when when Adam was created in Genesis, he was already working. He was already working, but Eve was created after him to be his helpmeet, so she was there to assist him. 
And so sometimes we can get that messed up when we aren't doing and fulfilling the role as a wife and we're too busy trying to be the fixer. We're too busy trying to be in control. We're too busy trying to lead. And that's one of the things that messes marriages up. But we have to make sure that we understand that our husbands, they have struggles, they have weaknesses, there's things that they are going through. But us as wives, we have to continually pray for them. We have to stop fault-finding and pinpointing every little thing that they do. Because believe it or, believe it or not, husbands try this. I'm not saying that they're perfect. None of us are perfect, but they try, they push, and they push, and they push. And sometimes, I'm going to take it a step further, they go outside of God's will trying to please us wives because we keep nagging. And so we have to stop pushing our husbands to that limit, and we have to be that wife because we don't want to pull them into a struggle or into something that they shouldn't be in just so they can silence us and so we don't have to uh, – and so they don't have to hear our mouth, but we have to be that help me. And then also with me for myself, when to piggyback again off of what Montrell was saying about the person that came in his life, my mom and my stepdad have been very inspiring in my life. They have been a very, very strong, uh, been in a very, very strong marriage for 20-some years, I think, a long time. And so they have been... Um, they have been a role model to me in our marriage, and, you know, they've always been encouraging. They have not agreed with everything that we have done. There's been some things that they didn't agree with Montreal doing, and then there's some things that they didn't agree with me that I did, and then there's just some things that they didn't agree with either one of us that we did. But they have always been the role model for us, for me, and our marriage. And then when we gave our lives over to Christ in 2008, um, the church that we go to, Liberty Hill Church in Columbus, Ohio, our, uh, Kelly Shaw, she was my men- my mentor when we first started out. And um, she was very, very, very influential in my life as a um, wife. Um, I believe we it kind of started off as her mentoring me in the Word, which we did um, – we did go through the work, but for me, her mentorship was more influential in my life over the wife role more than anything because she taught me she taught me so much, and I, at times I don't even think that she knew that she was teaching me things, and she has no filter. She's not rude or anything like that, but she will get you straight in check if you are doing something that you're not supposed to do, and she it was a, it was a way that she did it that you wouldn't be offended, but you would know that it was coming from God. And so she was very influential in helping me with um, being a wife. And even today, you know, sometimes we still talk about, well, we talk all the time, but sometimes we still talk about things and some stuff that we struggle with, but she was very influential. And it's good to have that person, not that you're telling all of your business, because some of your marriage business stays in your marriage, that's for everyone, but... um, Sometimes we talk about things, and you need someone in your life, uh, someone that's in a strong, solid marriage that will be able to encourage you, correct you, and just hear you. You know, you don't need, again, we don't need someone that's always trying to fix stuff. We don't need anyone in the middle of our marriage. But sometimes we need people in our lives, in our marriages, that can help us, that can show us when we are wrong, help us see things from other perspectives. And she was that person. She was that person for me. And so um, ending on the overcoming some of the struggles, and, again, these aren't all the struggles. This isn't everything we've overcome. Stuff will be in the book. Um, a whole lot more stuff will be in the book, but we're um, limited on time, so we're just going to continue moving on. 
into our words of encouragement. Matro, do you have any words of encouragement for any of any husbands out there or any man that wants to become a husband or just any man that's struggling out there with being a man? Do you have any words of encouragement for them? The the thing that I'll say is one that you have to you have to come to gain a relationship with Christ. That's the only way this thing called life, whether it be relationships that we're in, whether it be knowing how to be a father or knowing how to be a man, any of that, you have to you have to gain that relationship in order to move forward in a way that will be beneficial for every aspect of your life. And then once you gain that relationship, you have to make sure that you're constantly praying. You have to make sure that you you surround your people with uh, surround yourself with other people who are headed in the same direction as you, so that you're able to stay on the uh, on a positive path. Other thing that you have to make sure that you do is you just have to make sure that you you get with the older person who who has who's been through some things that that you may be experiencing so that you can know what it is that they, how, how they were able to handle whatever the situation that the, that you may be going through, how they were able to handle it, and then just continue to move forward like that. Okay, thank you for that. And then for the women, I would just say, you know, um, begin to pray and just ask God, you know, first off, you need to surrender to him if you have not already done so. And then after that, just ask him to show you how to be who you who he created you to be. Um, he's the best teacher, and he may send a mentor or someone into your life that will be able to inspire you. But start there. Start with prayer. And uh, stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to be in control. Don't be a fault finder. But just come together. If you're married, come together with your husband. Help him through his struggles. That's what you're there for. You are his help meet. You are there on his to be in a partnership with him. And so that's what I would say to wives. To people that want to become a wife, make sure you are staying aligned with the Lord so that you can know that you are doing uh, what he wants you to do with who he wants you to do it with. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and end in prayer. Montreal, you want to pray? Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this day. Lord, we appreciate the fact that we are able to share our testimony so that others may have hope and encouragement. Lord, my prayer is that you bless the ones that are listening, and that you reach out and touch their lives. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Embrace Today. You can further connect with Whole House Ministries by viewing our website at www.wholehouseministries.org, liking Whole House Ministries on Facebook, and following at Curry on Twitter. Be blessed and embrace your today. Yeah. Yeah. Hang up, though, in case it's not hung up all the way for some reason.